Welcome to the Believe Podcast, a conversation between friends over a passage of scripture. I'm Carolyn Kirsten. And I'm Marvin Williams. And today is episode 74. Wow. A special beginning of some bonus episodes we're doing here for season two. We are, um, we finished Hebrews 11, Yep. but we had, as we mentioned at the end of the last episode, we have a few additional people that we wanted to highlight. They that didn't make the list. They didn't make the list and they deserve a little highlight. And they're, Absolutely. we really could do far more than six, but we're going to- We're just going to do six. Do, some, do six. And today we're focusing on Miriam. Yes. Yes. And uh, you're going to learn a whole lot about her today, but let me start with a question. Okay. You are a big sister. I'm not. And True. <laughs> so what is it like being a big sister and what are some responsibilities of a big sister? Oh, so I am the oldest sister. I am the oldest child in my family okay. besides being just a big sister. I, well, you probably should ask my siblings, but I do think I come at things sometimes with some big sister energy, <laughs> like li- maybe a little bossy, maybe a little, hey, this is how Not it Carolyn needs Kirsten. to be done. Okay. Yeah. Do you see that? Have I ever big sistered you? Sometimes I do think I'm big sistering people. <laughs> that it, And if you're a big sister or you have a big sister, I think people know what that means. Yeah. Um, but for sure, to feel a little responsible for my younger siblings, even uh, you know, I was always the built-in babysitter and some of that kind of a thing. But yeah, it's mostly been a role that I have embraced, I would say. Well, I, that, and, and again, we start with this question because Miriam is kind of like the ultimate big sister um, that we see in um, in the Bible. I'm quite sure there are a lot of big sisters, but Miriam is, um, is again, one of those prime examples of what a big sister does because... Miriam is the sister of Moses. Yes. And uh, and and so we're going to get a chance to talk about how she played a major major role in um in biblical in biblical history. Um so talk to us a little let's 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 talk a little bit about Miriam's life. She was born uh in Egypt when the Jewish people were um, were reduced to slavery and oppression and hard labor mm-hmm. and um and having been born at a time when the people of God were enslaved, um, um, she she um, she played a major role in in s- kind of setting the pathway for the people of God to be delivered. So let's talk a little bit yes. about uh, about her. So Miriam's story, we see her first in Exodus chapter two. And there's a lot that happens between the end of Genesis, which is Joseph's story. And we talked about Joseph um, this season. And then into Exodus, the uh, Jewish people are growing and growing and growing to the point where initially, if you remember with Joseph, they were welcomed. Come, dwell here, be a part of us. Well, they became so numerous and so powerful that they were then seen as a threat by the Egyptian leadership. And we're talking, Joseph's long gone. So we're, you know, many years down the road. They are perceived as a threat, so they become enslaved. The Egyptians enslave them and continue to put more and more um, parameters on them and uh, try to make life as difficult as possible and try to stop these people from multiplying yeah, yeah. to the point where they actually tell the 
it becomes um, if a Jewish woman has a baby boy, they are to be killed. And um, there's a great story. We could talk about them, the midwives who uh, the Jewish midwives who are like, boy, we're not going to do that. And so they, they tell the Egyptians, sorry, these Jewish ladies, they just have babies so fast. We can't get there quick enough. Um, but the Egyptians view the Jewish people as a threat Moses is born in this time frame. His parents decide that they are going to ignore this law and do whatever they can to protect their baby boy. And then, as you mentioned, Miriam is the big sister. So then. Yeah. So so um, the interesting thing about Miriam is um, her name means bitter. But she is not bitter from being a part, uh, you know, being enslaved with, um, again, along with God's people. In fact, she's she's super blessed, if you will, um, because she has a, a she's blessed with the spirit of prophecy. And when she's still a child, um, you know, at, at seven years old, um, she actually prophesies or when she's a little girl, she prophesies and says that her mother is going to give birth to to Moses, give birth to a baby boy uh, after Pharaoh had given orders to kill literally every newborn Israelite boy. So so Miriam is not bitter. I mean, again, if it's me, if it's you or probably any other. Well, I mean, I'm quite sure she could have been bitter, but she wasn't. Um, because God blessed her with such a, a, a huge responsibility of, of prophesying, telling what the um, what what God was going to bring about during this time of, of slavery. And so so what so so Moses is born. Yes. And they 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 have to do something. They have to act fast. And so what happens? Yes. So they are hiding him as best they can. But it gets to the point where and uh, where they feel like okay, we're going to get caught. Like, we can't keep this baby quiet. We can't keep this baby um, secret any longer. So his mother makes an incredible decision, prepares a basket, lines it so it's waterproof, takes it, puts Moses in this basket, takes it down to the Nile River and sets it in the water, trusting that someone somehow... Her baby will. I, I can't even begin to imagine. Now, I cannot either. As, as a mother, again, yes. I, I mean, I, I mean, the level of desperation that she must yeah. have felt to make, and then to actually do that. Uh, I don't. I really don't have a frame for that. I yeah. don't know what that, yeah. what that would be like. And then Miriam, big sister, is given the job of keeping an eye on the basket. Just see what happens. She watches over her baby brother as he floats down the Nile. And again, you know, we we all, whether we're, whether we're big sisters or big brothers, we all have this responsibility to watch out over one another, to care for one another in mm-hmm. the way Miriam actually cared for her brother as she watches him uh, float down the Nile. And, um, and so she's watching over him as a big sister does. And then what happens? Yeah. And then who should come down to the water but the Pharaoh's daughter? Yeah. Notices the basket, um, has her servants bring it to her and sees that it is a Hebrew baby, a yeah. Jewish baby, a baby boy. She immediately recognizes that. Now, Miriam steps in 
and says, hey, um, I know a woman who can um, help nurse that baby for you, who could take care of that baby for you. And what incredible, because again, uh, Miriam, a young teenager probably at this point. And yet she, and here's, here's one of those principles we can learn from her life because she was attentive. She um, had an opportunity to step in and make a difference. Hmm. And she was being Hmm. watchful. Yeah. And I think um, hugely important for us too. Be watching, be expectant. I love that word of expectancy. Look for what God is doing and join him in that. Miriam was watching. She was paying attention and she was a part of saving her brother's life because she stepped in when she saw an opportunity and made a connection that really did save his life and not only saved Moses's life, change the trajectory of Jewish history yeah. because his life was saved. I love it. I love it. You know, we we have opportunities all around us every single day. And as you mentioned, when we enter into a day or we step into a situation or we show up in a room or a space, um, you know, one of the prayers we could pray is, Lord, give us attentive uh, eyes or give us an attentive heart to see what the needs are around us, what opportunities to bless people, what opportunities to pay attention to individuals who might be struggling with something that day or uh, or to rejoice with someone or to catch someone doing something uh, good mm-hmm. and for us to be able to notice that. And Miriam is a great example of someone who was paying attention, saw the opportunity and stepped into it and and in doing so, as you mentioned, um, was a was literally a blessing to um, to to not only Moses but literally um, and in generations to come because yeah. of Moses's life. So yeah, so that was where we saw Miriam in Exodus two. Then Exodus fifteen. A lot has happened in those <laughs> chapters, um, including all that we know, the plagues, well, Moses um, be coming back to Pharaoh to say, let my people go, the plagues that occur, and um, Moses and le- eventually leads the people out of slavery because of God's intervention. Let's give God the credit for that. <laughs> um, they are out in the desert or out in the wilderness, come to the Red Sea, huge Red Sea in front of them. Uh, Egypt's army behind, God makes a way through the water, parts the water. So Miriam is a part of this. And um, afterwards, when the Egyptian army is just flooded by the waters coming back, the Israelites stand in victory. I guess I shouldn't call them Israelites. They're not called that yet. Jewish people. (laughs) um, They stand in victory and Miriam is a part of that celebration. Yeah, she sings. You know, she sings a song. She, she, she produces a banger. I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, that, that's <laughs> <laughs> no. She does. I mean, she she sings this amazing song talking about the victory, which that, we are not going to sing. We are not going to sing we that don't song. Know the tune. <laughs> the words. The words are in Exodus 15. But sorry, yes. this is this is not a singing but podcast. The, the, the beautiful thing about this is is that we like to give Moses a lot of credit, which we should, but Miriam is a leader in her own right. Mm -hmm. And she not only helps Moses 
to lead. Um, she is she is herself a charismatic leader. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's part of the reason, also the exuberance, the joy of singing this song, talking about the victory. And again, whether Moses could sing, you know, make up a song or not, that, that's beside the point. It was Miriam who actually celebrated yeah. the victory of God. And I think we we have to we have to put a pin here to say that that God is still raising up Miriams in our midst. He is still raising up strong, godly female leaders in our midst. And we we have to acknowledge that if we don't, I think we're shooting, particularly as a as followers of Jesus, the church, we're shooting ourselves in the foot. And so I think we should be looking for those Miriams around us who we can invest in and make deposits and pour into. Um, and uh, those individuals who are are leaders to lead God's people out of not just, you know, any kind of bondage. And um, so again, I, I think she is such a great example for us. And I think we, um, I'm glad we're doing uh, doing this. And I love how she leads them in corporate praise. Yeah. Like, I think that is also something to um, focus on, that there is huge value in collectively praising God together to remember what he has done. They do this in the moment, immediately afterwards. But then as we continue to read through the Old Testament, they have regular festivals where they're, they are remembering these things, coming together, reminding each other what God has done. Um, that is so, so important for us to come together with other believers and to remember what God has done, to remember who He is, to remember what is true, to praise Him together. Miriam gives us a great example of that, and one that I think is hugely important, and one maybe we take for granted sometimes, yeah. the value and the importance of that corporately coming together as a group to praise God. I love it. Love it. Now, now Miriam wasn't perfect. She's not. Just like She's, all the other <laughs> ones we've talked about, we do have a scene yeah, where... Yeah, we do have a scene where she, uh, again, she's leading alongside Moses. She's a charismatic leader in her own right. She's um, a, a prophet or prophetess, has the gift of prophecy. And, and at, at a point, she questions Moses's leadership, mm-hmm. which is not a not a good thing because God has raised up Moses to be the leader to lead his people out of slavery and lead them into <clears throat> the next part of their journey. But Miriam questions Moses's leadership, and um, and it's kind of th- there are two things here. She questions his leadership. But she does it in a way by questioning the woman he marries. Mm-hmm. He marries a Kushite, and um, and I would we we could actually say he marries an African woman. He marries a dark skinned woman, and she questions that. And in, in in so doing, she also questions his leadership. And um, so so what happens? How do, how does God respond to that? Yeah. Um, well, he responds with. Miriam getting leprosy. Yeah. I mean, this is a serious yeah. consequence. Um, Moses sees that, and I mean, and Aaron. We should also mention that there's kind of a sibling group they've yep. been leading together. Moses is the designated leader. Aaron and Miriam are there um, assisting him, but Miriam gets leprosy. They really are freaked out by the consequence of that plead for God's mercy, which he gives, but Miriam has to stay outside the camp, kind of holds up the whole show for a little bit. (laughs) Uh, And then she, she comes back. But I do think it is interesting. And 
how you mentioned she really is questioning his leadership, but she brings it up under the circumstances of his um, choice in a wife. I think we sometimes do that or can be a part of that where the thing is not the thing is how we call that. Like uh, we maybe have a conflict with somebody and we are arguing about one thing, but that's not the full story or that's not even the most important thing. If somebody calls it, you know, did you give me the last 2%? And um, and typically that last 2% is actually the real thing that um, that that comes up. And um, and so. I, I think you're right. We, we, you know, when we're dealing with conflict, um, we it, it's best to put it all on the table mm-hmm. and not withholding anything. Because if you're withholding something, it's it's going to come up again if you don't deal with the the, uh, the yeah. whole thing right then. And so. I think one of the points here is that when God raises up a leader, that leader is responsible to God. And um, and when you or when I began saying, you know, disparaging things about God's leader, um, God, God takes that seriously because mm-hmm. he's the one that's invested the responsibility in this person. And um, and I think Miriam finds out in a the hard way that um that that God's leaders are are his responsibility and not necessarily to a certain degree our responsibility disparaging them. So yeah. um, so again, not perfect. She's a great example of being a, a, a good leader, charismatic leader, uh, not a perfect one, mm-hmm. which I think is 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 okay because yeah. we we can identify with imperfection. Yeah, we sure can. I think there's some other lessons we can learn from that conflict too. I mean for ourselves when we're in conflict are to the importance of examining our own hearts yeah, yeah. and uh, in the emotionally healthy um, discipleship courses, whether that's relationship or spirituality, we talk about the skill of exploring the iceberg, hmm. which is somewhat of that 2% idea, like uh, an iceberg, you only see a small portion above the surface. The skill asks each of us to, okay, so here's what, a situation or your feelings might be above the waterline, but take time to explore things fully. And that, I mean, very personally, it has been hugely impactful for me. It's something I do now just as a regular rhythm in my week to take time to think about what am I angry about? What am I afraid of? What am I glad about? And what am I sad about? And just taking time to a truly identify those feelings does give clarity. I mean, there have been times where initially I wrote something down that I was angry about. And then in thinking more about the situation, literally just taking the time to think about it, I thought, you know what? That anger is really from sadness. Mm -hmm. That my truest feeling about that situation is sadness. And just being able to accurately identify how we're feeling. I think I think Mary might have benefited from exploring the iceberg <laughs> a little bit in this situation, but for sure, that's something that yeah. we can benefit yeah. from. If we can name the emotion, we can tame the emotion, and uh, and I love I love that um, that's become a regular part yeah. of your life. It's um, I don't do it as often, um, but when I do do it, it it yields so much uh, fruit from that. So, um, so again, thank you for bringing in the exploring the iceberg yeah. piece. And, so. and it can be on the other side as well, when we're thinking about a person that we might be in conflict with, rather than jumping to conclusions 
or assuming things, instead have a posture of curiosity. Yeah. Like, wow, why? I wonder why this is so upsetting to them or why they are coming to me about this issue. Is this really the the full um, the full concern that's going on? I think we can we can do it both ways: examining our own hearts and also being curious about some the person that we're in conflict with, rather than making assumptions. And uh, and she could have she could have bypassed that leprosy thing and um, yep. and and could have uh, not. Uh, you know, not dealt with that and could have really, uh, as you mentioned, um, in that moment, uh, been a blessing uh, to Moses as opposed to it was a, it was one other thing he had to deal with. I mean, it's enough to deal with the millions of people that he had, mm -hmm. but then now to deal with his siblings on top of that. Yeah. Um, and so um, so, you know, maybe. We can't we can't take her back and give her the iceberg now, but at least we can learn <laughs> we from ourselves. We can learn from so. it for sure. And so we chose to highlight uh, Miriam in this little um, extra bonus episode. So what can we believe about God, ourselves and others from Miriam's story? I believe one of the things we can believe about God is that he places opportunities all around us mm -hmm. um, to maybe be facilitators of changing the trajectory of someone's life or even changing the trajectory of history. Um, and, but I think that on our part, we have to be attentive, attentive to his spirit, attentive to his movement, walking into the room, paying attention to the room mm -hmm. as opposed to let me get my thing done. So I think God blesses us with opportunities all around us, but we have to pay attention to them. Absolutely. I do think that idea of being expectant and that shows us then just how, how um, specifically God is at work yeah. in our lives. Yeah. I mean, when you think... The chances of them putting the basket in the river in the right spot for the Pharaoh's daughter to come down at that time to yep. see it. I mean, yep. Yep. God was in that. That wasn't Absolutely. just, yes. I mean, I'm, I'm not into statistics and probabilities <laughs> and all the rest, but I'm sure that was, a, that was divinely orchestrated. And Miriam, as you mentioned, saw that opportunity and stepped in and, uh, and, and changed history. Yeah. And I think the other thing for us is um, when there is conflict, whatever the thing is, is um, let's let's not focus on something else, um, but let's bring whatever the conflict is and have those deeper conversations with people. Mm -hmm. And again, when we are for one another, um, we 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 actually can. Uh, deal with conflict a little bit better. And I think Miriam could have used the lesson uh, in exploring the iceberg to actually have a better relationship in that moment with uh, with her brother. And so, um, so I think that's one of the other highlights for me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you, friends, for joining us. Um, have a conversation and maybe learn, make some application to conflicts in your life <laughs> this week from what we talked about. Have a spiritual conversation with a friend. Thanks for joining us. 